Welcome to our very first podcast of Chasing Dreams and Raising Babies. We are Morgan and Courtney of Hadley Park. There are so many people who seem to think that your career is over when you have kids. But what is so ironic about that is that is how ours got started. We met eight years ago, both working as independent songwriters in Nashville. And after our girls were born, we formed our country duo, Hadley Park, named for Hadley and Parker, our daughters. That was the point that we decided we wanted to be stay-at-home moms that still worked. In 2017, we had a single on Sirius XM's The Highway, which is their second largest station. And not long after that, we had our very first song put on a Netflix show called The Ranch. Over the next few seasons of that show, they featured four more of our songs. To say that was a dream come true is an understatement. We were able to forge our own unconventional path. Two moms, no PR team, no publisher, no record label. We have dreams to chase and babies to raise. And we do not want to sacrifice one for the other. We are making our own way along this really fun journey. We are far from famous, but we hope you'll come along with us one glass of wine and one song at a time. In every episode, we are going to introduce you to some other moms who are absolutely killing it, trying to do this juggling act we call parenthood while not losing sight of the things that make them tick. We're going to feature their stories, talk mom fails, victories, and all the topics in between. But since this is our first episode, and since most of you probably don't know us, we thought we'd start with us. Morgan and Courtney, who are we? Who is Hadley Park? Morgan, hi. Hello. Do you remember when we first met? You just look like this gypsy songwriter. (laughs) I was writing full time at the time, as you remember, here in Nashville. And what happens is they set you up on blind co-writes and you just hope to find a good one. It is weird. It's like dating. It's like speed dating. Yeah, it's hit or miss every time. Usually it's a miss. Yeah. And it ends up being awkward. Yeah, totally. I mean, you don't know, like, is this person going to value the lyric like I do or the melody more or, you know, what's the process going to be like? But you and I just completely click. And then it comes out a few co-writes in that we are both pregnant. I mean, what are the chances? Yes. So wild. Little did we know when we took that first co-write together that we'd both be pregnant at the same time with daughters due a month apart. Yeah, and Hadley was just very comfortable up in there, and she had no desire to leave, so we had to evict her. (laughs) Yeah, so she comes late, Parker comes early, they're born four days apart, and we're suddenly sitting there going, oh my gosh, we have these incredible humans we birthed, but we want to keep writing too. How are we going to do this? How are you supposed to juggle it? I had Hadley when I was 27, I think. I had Jack when I was 31. I thought I was going to have life figured out I didn't even get married till I was 30. Okay. So (laughs) I had a publishing deal at 25 and my first song recorded and put out to radio within that first year. I just thought this career is going to roll. Well, I did too. I thought that too, because my dad's, as you know, a songwriter and he had a friggin' Grammy for Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue. At tw- what, 26? At 26. Way to go, Richard Lee, to set the bar just a little high for the offspring. So those are some big shoes to fill. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree. I just thought, oh, by 30, surely I will just be this well-established career songwriter. songwriter. Yeah. 
and then you'll meet your dream husband, and then you'll just have babies, and it'll all just magically work itself out. I think what I realized by the time I got married is I didn't want to wait for the career dream for, to have kids. So I was like, let's just do it. Let's just have these babies. Oh my gosh, I was so the opposite. I met my husband. I became a stepmom. I was still trying to do music. I loved music so much still and just had all these career goals and dreams. And then surprise, suddenly I was pregnant, lost that baby. And that is what threw me into suddenly going, oh my gosh, I really do want to have kids. So that's when we actively started trying, even though I was like having severe anxiety because I'm sitting there thinking I am 32 and I don't have the big hit on the radio. I've had songs recorded, but they kept like not happening because artists would lose their record deals or Carrie Underwood would just decide she was basing her whole project around my song and then not record my song. Go figure. Like, I don't know. You know, stuff like that just kept happening. And, And then when I lost that baby, that's when it just stopped me and kind of reprioritized things for me. Yeah. And to add insult to injury, Dave, your husband, is also a songwriter. So there's almost this like you're you're seeing him have success and and it's kind of like he's 10 years older than me. And so when. Yeah, but it's still I mean, was there ever any like, oh, he's getting this and I haven't yet. Did you feel that ever? I didn't really feel that because. I tended to write more female songs. He tended to write more male songs. We both wrote some of the other, but not a lot. And he was that much farther along. He'd already had like one number one hit when I met him. And so, yes, he seemed ahead of me, but I still in my head at the time, it was just kind of like, oh, that's only one number one away. Like I could get that tomorrow. And then it's like, bang, bang, bang. He got three more number one hits, which was incredible. Like in the first two years of us being together or something yeah. I mean crazy we're on our honeymoon and he's got his fourth number one now and Dave had Dave had Brad Paisley and Kenny Chesney number and, ones right well his first number one was Lucky Man by Montgomery Gentry and that happened before oh, I met that's him right um, I remember that being yeah. on the radio like my alarm clock would go off in the morning my alarm radio at the time and yeah. that song would be playing and I was like oh I really like that song and then I come to find out later that he wrote it. Is that like a fate thing where you hear it? And you're, I don't know. It makes and, you wonder. It a does bit, make you, you wonder. Know? I mean, it could have been a song on the radio that I just hated. And then I met him and would be like, oh, too bad you wrote that song. I didn't like that one. But it wasn't yeah. like that. I definitely loved the song. Nothing more awkward than liking the person, but not liking their creative. What they do. Yes. Yeah, their creative <laughs> abilities. That would be tough. But I know. So- I mean, Dave and I, Dave and I both like really value lyrics and even though our process is not necessarily the same and we don't necessarily enjoy writing together and we've yeah. learned that for the sake of our marriage it's a good thing to maybe not do I very you often. know some people say but, the couples that work together stay together and I just vehemently disagree with that like I, I actually I don't think it's think, a good idea. like when Sam's <laughs> home too much I'm usually like, can mm-hmm. you please go work out or something? Because you are getting so right. grumpy. You and I used to talk about this all the time when we were both pregnant. Dave was working from home a lot, as was I. And you've got this husband that's deployed. And we're oh, both yeah. just super hormonal at the time. Yeah. Well, and to make it worse, like when we first met, uh, Sam deployed in October. I think we met in like April or May or June. 
sometime in that yeah. like spring summer. Yeah. And we had decided we were going to have a baby like when he got home. But I like got off birth control. I was like, <laughs> well, let's see what happens. Whatever. It probably won't happen before you leave in two weeks. And I got pregnant before he left for six months. And I did not know until like four weeks after he left because like I took a test and it came out negative. And yeah. so I just thought I wasn't, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so Surprise. what was so hard about that is I found out I was pregnant alone. I couldn't tell mm-hmm. him for 24 hours. I didn't want to tell him oh, through yeah. text. He wasn't answering his phone. You know, like there's stresses that go along with deployments, period. And you don't hear from them for like long periods of time. And oh, I had I to keep this to myself. And it was so hard. <laughs> That's why when I said I was pregnant in that co-write, you were like, I was so excited <laughs> because it just I felt like I had no one to share it with. And all of a sudden I had somebody to share it with. And that deployment where he was gone and we hardly talked. I remember FaceTiming one time. So hormonal. And I went from like laughing to crying to laughing Aww. again in one conversation. And he was just like, whoa, this girl is too much to handle. Oh, my gosh. Poor guy. That was his first experience with a pregnant wife. And he didn't see me pregnant, really, until I picked him up from the airport. And he said he's well, he said he came down the escalator at, you know, the Nashville International Airport. For those of you who've been there, and you it's had like, bump. you know, you there's this big waiting area. He came down the escalator and I was standing there with my cute little skirt and jean jacket. And he's like, oh, there she is. And then I turned to the side and I had this six month bump <laughs> and it was like. Oh, oh gosh, that this is real His reality. He had like, like he had not processed yeah. any of it. I don't think he'd be mad if I said <laughs> the truth, which is he was not prepared <laughs> to, <laughs> to like he had like a quarter life crisis when he came home. And I was pregnant. Like, we joke about it. He just, wow. like, he wanted to go home and he wanted to, like, I mean, we used to have, like, parties all the time. I'm not talking about, like, going out to bars alone like a creep. But he would, like, you know, we'd go to our friend's houses and he would, like, not want to go home. You know? Oh, be yeah. Like, My husband's the one that closes down the party every time. He wanted to close down all the parties. And I was just so exhausted. And I wanted, I'm like, listen, if we're not leaving at 8 o'clock, I'm not driving. So if you want to stay. Right. They think they have the built in. They have the built in like um, designated driver. Oh, he used and abused the designated driver. And it caused a lot of fights. However, we moved past it. And I think he got it all out. And I (laughs) maybe had a little too high of expectations for what he would be like. And yeah. You know, it was way different the second time. I was going to say, baby number two, all my expectations went out the window during pregnancy and also during like new mommyhood. Like I had zero expectations. Oh, and for labor. I mean, I learned the first time I did not marry the guy that was going to stroke my hair and bring me ice chips. So round two, I just, you know, figured he'd be sitting in the corner of the room waiting for the baby to pop out the second time. And that's that's pretty much what he did. Yeah, and it's all good because then, like, my expectations, the bar had been lowered, so everybody was happy. You know, then when he I, did anything, I was, like, so pumped. I've I've had friends whose husbands were, like, very involved in the labor, and, you know, I have these expectations, 
But then when the event actually happens, I've realized that I'm very solitary. I don't want someone holding my hand. I don't want somebody patting me going, are you okay? Do you need anything? I'll be like, that's when I start cussing. Like, (laughs) I I think that's why Sam and I are actually very well suited for each other, even though I think rom-coms gave me this, like, very unrealistic expectation of what marriage and pregnancy should be like in the beginning. And then then it happened, and I was like, yeah, I was a little— over the top. I, think I, we I was all over the top. I was too, for sure. Live and learn. Yes, live and learn. But we digress. <laughs> so you've got this husband that's deployed. I have a husband who's like around too much because he's working from home. I'm working from home, pregnant, hormonal. Yeah, Dave was home too much. Sam wasn't home enough. It's the same problem. You same can problem. do no right hey. as a husband during pregnancy. It's Fact. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Yes fact. Sorry. So guys. that's also why they don't know it, but they were really lucky that we had each other too because we yes. could completely complain to each other about it, but then it wouldn't really <laughs> go farther than that and it yeah. was a safe zone because we knew that's that we really right. didn't hate our husbands. Yeah. We were just living in this yeah. altered state where they right. just couldn't really win, you know? <laughs> so that being said, we had each other through this crazy crazy first pregnancy. You know, I I lacked motivation before I had Hadley. And when she was born, all of a sudden it was like, I have to do this. I need to grind. I need to yeah. like really give it my all. And if I don't, who who is she going to be looking up to? That's exactly what I felt like because I don't want her to think that I stopped my dreams and gave up on everything because, because I had she kids. was born. Yeah. Well, I think for me it was like I I knew I could be a good mom. I, I have always wanted to be a mom. Children came very natural to me. I'm the youngest child. I have a million nieces and nephews. That was a no-brainer. So I decided I have to figure out a way to keep my kids at home most of the time. I mean, we still send our daughters to Mother's Day out, right. but keep them at home for the vast majority, at least half the time, but still make money and still work and still continue to follow this dream Yeah, and see it to fruition. Right. Now, the hard part, too, was we weren't making a regular paycheck from a publisher at this point. You and I we're both were like, no paycheck. Right. We're having like <laughs> zero paycheck. Yet we're going, OK, occasionally we might need a babysitter, which is an expense and things like that. And and the problem is it's like, wait, you're going to spend money, but you're not making any yet. And that's all good. But this is always my answer. You've heard me say this before. Puff paint. It's all about the puff paint, the 80s puff paint. I look at my own mom, who was a puff painter, diehard, dedicated <laughs> stay-at-home mom. She did the sweatshirts. We had puff paint sweatshirts. We had Robin puff paint hairbands. We had like all the yeah. puff paint and the bowling league. She was on the bowling league with the Broncos wives in Colorado because we lived in Colorado at the time. And I mean... That was her outlet. And she had neighbor friends and other mom friends. And I mean, she wanted to be a mom. That was her dream. But she still had an outlet. Mm -hmm. Every woman has to have an outlet. You have to. You are like in this time warp. Time suck, especially when you have a new baby and your life is like completely adjusting. You have to have something that is yours. Whatever it is that keeps you feeling a little bit like a human in the midst of being a cow. (laughs) For me... 
it was still yeah. trying to write. And I realized that a lot of my co-writers, especially the male ones, probably were going to be a little <laughs> uncomfortable with me busting out a boob and nursing yeah. my baby. Well, and also not everybody has the patience to deal with kids. So you have a baby and they're crying and someone who's never had kids or just doesn't really like kids are going to kind of be like, can you make it stop? Yeah. It's just like a lack of empathy. Well, also a lack of knowledge. Like if you're, especially in the music industry, there's lots of young Like you're talent. wasting my time. I want to get on with my day so I can go right for the second time. Yeah, later. if you're 22 years old and you don't have a baby or a husband or any of the stuff yet, you just don't really relate yet. I don't think. I mean, I didn't. So I forgive all of <laughs> the young ones out there that have no patience for it. But this is not a podcast for them. It is a podcast for those of us that have been through it and are trying so hard to keep going. And so you and I were lucky because we had each other. So we kept going with each other and the path kind of unfolded. We wrote with other people too, occasionally. In the beginning, and, yeah. And it, you know, it, it was fine, you know, they were, but truly it just became like, I just didn't have the energy to go right. write with other people at a certain point because I just... I felt zapped by the end of the week. It's like if one more person touches me, I think I might have a like heart attack. I just felt talked out, touched out. out. I know. Plus, you were coming down from Clarksville, driving an hour to my house uh, with Hadley. And then the girls would like be in their little bouncers or rolling on the floor together. Well, when they got bigger. Yeah. When when they they got got bigger, bigger. we sent them to Mother's Day Out, which was they were a year old when they were nice. But my point to everyone is we got lucky because we had each other and we're able to kind of forge a new path together. Not everybody's going to birth a baby and then suddenly go like know what to do to keep themselves alive. You know, you're keeping this infant alive, but what are you doing to keep yourself alive? Amen, sister. What are you doing to keep yourself alive? What are you doing to continue to spark joy in your life? Yes, not that the baby isn't sparking joy. By God, it is. I mean, I. It's different, though. You well, know, you're just just different. Exhausted. You're so tired in those first six months, especially. Oh. As you know, I'm just coming out of it the second the, time, and it's like so magical and so exhausting. At the I mean, same I, time, I fully permitted myself to just sit in the rocker, nurse Parker, and just stare at her for hours because she was this amazing creation that. I wasn't sure I would ever get to have because of fertility issues. So I think that is incredible. And I love that time period. But I also realize how exhausting it is and how quickly you can feel like you're just not a human anymore. And all the things that previously made you tick just aren't even validated or offered or in existence at all anymore. So anyway, if you're a mom or dad out there listening to this and you're in that phase and you're like, well, I want to keep doing something, but I don't know how, just Go easy on yourself. Yeah. Huff paint a sweatshirt. <laughs> you know, be open and receptive to all ideas that come your way, especially at 3 a.m. when you're nursing your baby because you get some really yeah. good ideas at that hour. That is the truth. And, you know, sometimes uh, for me, I lack motivation by myself. I don't even care if somebody is literally just there checking in on me, asking me how things are going. I need totally. somebody who is just walking along the path with me. Well, yeah. It, it, in some capacity and to keep When you cheer going. each other on too, you start getting positive momentum and excitement. I mean, we just started writing together thinking we were gonna, you know, write songs together and hopefully pitch them to other artists. And 
that was the goal. And then suddenly I was like, you know what? We've got some really good songs. Let's package it as an EP together and then try to pitch it that way. Because sometimes you have better luck in Nashville pitching like a mini project to other people. We made it like we did this great cover art and we kind of branded ourselves as stay-at-home moms who are singing and whatever. And What was interesting is that we started playing shows and people always came up to us afterwards and we're just motivated by our story and the fact Moms that we self-booked our tour. Yeah. I mean, I was really flattered by that. I was and too. That makes us feel so good when people get something out of our music or our message. Yes. We're all probably planners when we start out in our single life. We've got an image of what we think life's going to look like. And then it never pans out the way we think it will perfectly. I mean, the... If it did, we'd probably be missing a cooler journey that I could have happened. I think that's always and the case. You totally miss it. If you're not looking for unique, cool opportunities, you will miss them. Just be open. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be a singer or any part of the performing thing. I just wanted to write songs and get them out there to people. But I love performing with you. And that's how our journey really started as a duo, per se, because we had our babies. We're writing songs together. Then we started having these random opportunities to perform together. And we didn't say no. We just decided, you know what, let's go for it. Next thing you know, it was so much more fun with somebody else for me. That's what's cool about our journey. We said yes. We took the opportunity to go to Virginia the first time and play a show there. And that led to a music video. And that led to that video getting shared by a bunch of big country and artists. That's when and Nate Chetty, who is the writer from The Ranch, discovered us. On YouTube, yeah. On YouTube from our Things I've from Learned our music video. video. Mm-hmm. And he shared it with the other people at the ranch and that led to five of our songs getting in that show i mean wild you just never know right so here we are podcast you never know who knows what this is gonna (laughs) lead to you know but all i can say is thank you covid for putting a cramp in our style and not letting us get together every well we had talked about doing a podcast years ago and you were just like when do we have the time and now we have too much time so here we are doing a podcast Right. (laughs) Too much time and also small babies again. And it's, you know, I do remember somebody saying to us once, oh, you girls only have one baby each or something to that effect. It was like a message online. And it was one of those things where I was like, hey, don't be mean. Like, that's still a lot to juggle. And but the fact is now we have two small children each and throwing and school. They, they originally the girls weren't in school, so we could do people a lot give more. a hard time to people with single, like one child. Yeah, I mean it's a one child's a, a world rocker. Like Any your child life is, is turned a upside handful. down. It's true. It's a new adjustment every time. Yeah. So I'm eight months in with my second one. Both of my children were awful in the car. There was no way that I could drag them around. Hadley, for you, was wonderful. She so was you were so able to come car. down to my house, yeah. but. Now you've got Jack, who's a puker, poor he, baby. Ah, so. He is such a puker. I can't take him anywhere. He just pukes. All of, Our car stinks. <laughs> but, you know, I think sometimes the more kids you add to the mix, sometimes the crazier it gets. Well, yeah, and it's just not as easy to throw him in the car and go. That's, I think, no, what people were saying when we were like, look at us. We've got one I, kid each and we're going to tour. Yeah. I mean, it was relatively easy, but I think the more kids you add, the crazier it can get and the crazier the stories can get. Mm -hmm. 
And on that note, I would like to segue to Mom Fails. Mom Fail! Okay, so this is a segment we want to do in every episode. I'll take this one. Just like last week. I am sitting on the porch taking pictures leisurely of my little chunkamunka because he is just, you know, last 30 minutes before nap time is always challenging. You're trying to keep him awake, keep him happy, all that stuff. And this one mom texts me and is like, hey, if you're in the car line, I'm going to give you some hand-me-down bathing suits for your little guy. And I was like, okay, cool. And this is like 1130 in the morning. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking like she's talking this afternoon if you're in the car line. I'll give them to you. And I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. And I start sending her pictures of Ford because I was like, I think he might be wearing a hand-me-down outfit she gave me right now. And so I send it to her and she's like, oh no, that wasn't mine, but that's so cute. Ha ha. Then like five minutes go by and another mom group text, half days are the worst. They're just the worst. <laughs> the, it, like everybody gets out at the same time and, and I'm on sitting porch. on my porch holding Ford who is about to need to nurse and then go to sleep. Well, were you late? Uh, she was technically the last kindergartner to get picked up. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's my mom fail of, of recent. Now you take <laughs> my kids say. <laughs> my kids say. For the longest time, she thought ex-wife was actually ex-life. Mm. So she'd always like talk to my dad. So like in your ex-life. I mean, that's pretty accurate. It is accurate. I'm like, gosh, she's so. <laughs> yeah. And then my favorite, favorite Hadley-ism was apparently my dad talks about ex-lives a lot. But she was like probably five. And we have this little pony that has wheels, like rollerblading wheels on it. And if you go up and down <laughs> on the seat, you know, you've seen it. It moves. Yeah. And so she's like riding her little unicorn pony thing. <laughs> and she's just listening to my dad and I talk. And, and she goes, Papa, Daddy, you're a loser <laughs> at the wedding competition. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. What but it was say? a song. And and I just died. And he's like, what did she say? <laughs> and I said that you're a loser at the wedding competition because you've been divorced twice. And Let he was spell like, it, out for it you. is our family joke now it is the best he's a loser at the wedding competition she's a hit songwriter in the <laughs> making so speaking of our children and those wonderful blessings <laughs> they have inspired so much in our lives and in our music yeah Yes, they've inspired so much of our music. And we have been sitting on some songs for a very long time now that we are dying for you oh to hear. Oh my gosh, it has been a long time coming. We were going to release this whole project last year. Oh yeah, we got together beginning of March, filmed a music video for the title track, Time's a Thief, released it just before Mother's Day. But by that time... The whole world was shut down, so it kind of put a pause on the rest of our project. Times the Thief is our ode to motherhood. It is our ode to them. It's one of the most special songs we've ever written, but it's also the song that probably took the longest for us to write. Yeah, it was actually one of it was one of the first songs we ever wrote. It wasn't the first, yeah. but it was it was up there with one of the first ones we ever started. Well, we started it the day I found out Parker was going to be a girl. Yes, that's when we started it. 
Yeah, I had just had the early ultrasound to tell me her gender, and I was just losing it. I was so excited, and you we're, were so crying excited. crying about these girls. Well, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know Hadley was going to be a girl yet, but I had a feeling. I had a, That's right. I, I that's had right. been saying I thought she would be. Yeah, that's right. So we wrote the song originally from the perspective of being daughters, and we wrote it for our moms, and we performed it out probably for – you know, years that way. But I think neither of us felt like it was totally right yet. And uh, we didn't have any life experience that that song is about life. And we had not lived that yet. The song just has so many full circle moments for us because we started writing it to our mothers. But then it morphed into the song for our unborn daughters that we actually wrote when you were pregnant with Jack. So that's years later. And then we record it. While Jack was in the studio with us. Yeah. We have videos like holding him, tracking. So cute. And last year, it ended up being my pregnancy announcement to the world when we recorded that music video for the song. Yeah, because you were like 12 weeks or something. We didn't plan it this way. This is just... The life of the song. Every song is different. This one took a while. And when we looked back on it, we realized how many special moments had occurred through the years that lined up with writing or recording or something with this song. It was just so cool. Yeah, for sure. So our new project is out now. Go check it out. It's Time's a Thief, the EP by Hadley Park. That's us. And you know, let us know what you think. We hope you love it. We have poured our heart and soul into these songs. Reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook. It's at We Are Hadley Park. Thank you guys so much for coming and tuning in to our very first podcast, Chasing Dreams and Raising Babies. In the following episodes, we are actually going to start featuring other badass women. I cannot wait. Who are chasing dreams and raising babies. We've got some great guests lined up and we're gonna like talk about music and you know mom fails and we're gonna be featuring your mom fails and your kids say so write us on facebook instagram at we are hadley park tell us your stories we want to hear them we want to laugh together thank you so much for joining us we're gonna leave you with times a thief i turn the music up Take the long way home Just to listen to you try to sing the words to your favorite song I let you make that mess And let you lick the spoon Help you build a blanket fort in the middle of the living room I read you one more story or three These days the days are long But the year's so short and sweet Time's a thief Time's a thief And I know that someday on down the road I'll reach for your hand and you'll let go And I'll be frozen for a moment Watching you out on your own Hoping that you need me you won't. So when you wake me up every now and then, 
those midnight monsters creep into your dreams at 3 a.m. I'll let you curl up in my arms and drift off to sleep. These days and nights are long, but the year's so short and sweet. Time's a thief. Time's a thief. And I know that someday on down the road, for your hand and you let go And I'll be frozen for a moment Watching you out on your own Hoping that you need me But you won't even think twice about Closing that lift gate and driving Halfway across the country To some other state Going to classes and parties Without calling me for days I'll catch my mind drifting off in space To when I turned the music up And took the long way home Just to listen to you sing the wrong words to my favorite song You wore your party dress Every afternoon Walked around the house in my highest high-heeled shoes That's why I read you one more story or three Hold you in my arms and try to memorize everything These days, the days are long But the year's so short and sweet Time's a thief Time's a thief hope you enjoyed this episode of Chasing Dreams and Raising Babies. If you did, please leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast. Also, check out our music on your favorite digital platform and head over to wearehadleypark.com for some awesome merch and to join our mailing list. Also, don't forget to write in, tell us your mom fails and your kids say to be featured on a future episode. That's it for today. See See you next time. time.